is Pete Moore here on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having my friend Gail Levy on from H Factor Water. Gail, welcome to the show. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So we don't have a visual here, but Gail is surrounded by uh, H Factor hydrogen infused water packets that are uh, that are protecting her in case uh, <laughs> I jump over the side of the table for this podcast. Uh, but Gail, you've got a very unique background. You know, from uh, from the purchasing side and from also uh, launching new products and, and Asian production. Uh, so, what I'd love to do with our listeners here is to educate them on, you know, your path to getting into the Halo sector, uh, going back to to you know being schooled and understanding purchasing from large companies, um, and then talking about you know how disciplined you need to be and how you have to evolve your product as you listen and experiment and test and move forward. So. We're excited for for this uh, discussion, and why don't you just talk about where you're from and and uh, you know how you got into uh, to the department stores to start? If anyone knows what a department store was, <laughs> yeah, they're still around. <laughs> <laughs> um, after college, I went to work for uh, major department stores and uh, worked up in their executive training program and uh, started to uh, develop private label. So I was called the knockoff queen okay. and uh, went to Asia and started out in Taiwan, Korea, uh, all the places outside of China until, of course, China started to really get on the map and open up and for manufacturing. So I really had a great training because, you know, we developed factories and put all kinds of principles into place, not just developing product, but also, you know, gearing up these factories. So it was a tremendous training ground for me in all phases of production. And then I got the bug that I decided I didn't want to work for big companies. I wanted to do it myself. Join the club. <laughs> and for better or worse. Right. And a friend of mine had uh, nurseries in South Florida and um, and then about the time that I started to talk to him, I noticed that the Internet was starting to pop up. And in the floral industry, 800 Flowers was one of the first out there. And they were selling cut flowers. And I said, well, gee, this would be wonderful if we put plants in decorative containers. And since design was, you know, my area of expertise, I went back to China and designed a dozen containers that would fit the grow pots. And off I went and went up to 800 flowers. It took a few times that before. That was in Westbury, Long Island, That's right? That's correct. I remember and, they used to have the name on the building. Yeah. And, um, and I wasn't met with success right away, but after about a half a dozen tries, they, I finally said, but it doesn't cost anything to go on the internet. And uh, anyway, it was a success. And um and it was amazing. I started out in a trailer in the middle of an agricultural field. And uh, we, when they came down to put the computers in, there was no room for the ladies to pack up the plants. So I remember going to Home Depot, buying the tables and putting blue tarp over them <laughs> so that they could pack it. And then, of course, from there, we became the largest plant fulfiller in the United States. That's, a, that's amazing. So you know, talk about how you, um, you know, I, I know there was some tragedy that, that was related to how you kind of you know, got into the hydrogen water and also have some sports affiliation related to that to understand the, the efficacy of the of this new hydrogen water construct. So, yeah. So, you know, after selling business one, then um, after uh, 
my non-compete expired. I started business two and sold that one successfully. Uh, My closest friend, unfortunately, had cancer, and I was taking care of her, and I just couldn't believe how the chemo and radiation was just ravaging her, and um, the treatments were almost as worse as the disease. And she would say to me, Gail, you know, you know how to research. Why can't you find something to minimize the effects of chemo and radiation? And I would look up so many things, and there just was nothing available. Mm. What year was this around? Oh, this has got to be about six, seven years ago now. And, um, And then, sadly, she passed away. And it was just really devastating for me. And... You know, there really wasn't much I could do. I didn't even know where to begin to look. And about six months after she passed away, a friend of mine who is a former professional basketball player, Barry Orms, who's living in L.A., calls me up out of the blue and says, you know, what do you know about molecular hydrogen? And I said, except it's number one on the periodic table, not that much. <laughs> and, um, and he said, well, it seems to have great promise. And some of the athletes are looking into it and see that it's great for recovery and energy. Why don't you, you're the serial entrepreneur of my friends. Why don't you check it out? So I started to research it, and I was amazed that there was about 150, this is about five years ago, 150 published papers on the benefits of um, molecular hydrogen and health and wellness. So at that point, not to just take the word for these papers, I reached out to three very influential people in the health field and sent them the papers and said, take a look at it. And all of them came back to me and said, if you can figure out how to get the hydrogen free flowing into the water and then create a container that will maintain the integrity, you will have, in our opinion, the first naturally functional water. That's awesome. So that that was seven years ago. Uh, That was about, well, when I started, it was about five years ago. Gotcha. So... um, you 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 got you got you a like couple of data flavor? points, yeah. I like I like the water. So you snuck all, a flavor way. in. Yeah, I'm a, fl- <laughs> I'm a flavor guy. Um, and, and I tried different iterations this over over the years. This mm-hmm. is this is the best packaging and the best flavor I've I've had out of the H Factor family. Well, great! I'm Thank excited. You. Well, that one that uh, it's like an online taste test going on is <laughs> yes. what's going on here. He's drinking if watermelon right now, so oh, you damn, could just damn. kind of you know vision yeah. like it. That. Um, so, you know, when you said, okay, look, I'm going to jump into this venture, given your background of knowing that I need to put processes in place, I need to, you know, not only trust my gut, but trust the data. I need to talk to a lot of people. I need to make sure the the research is, is proven. Then I need to get a sample set and and see if people like it. You know, how how did you kind of go through that? Not necessarily putting like a full list of uh, calendar milestones and bullet points, but just How'd you think about that? Because we get a lot of entrepreneurs come in here and say, I want to do X. And they don't realize like, okay, in order to get there, there's a, there's a linear path. You know, obviously it, it, it moves in, you know, different ways based on what you learn or what you, what you don't. But just talk about that for a couple of minutes of how you think about building a business and, and a building a product line and deciding it's a business and not just a product. Well, you know, I was really going into an unknown territory um, because, one, I had never been in the food and beverage space, and I guess ignorance is bliss. (laughs) um, And 
for this, I really had to peel it back to the very beginning. So when I was doing my research, I noticed that a lot of the research was, even though there were papers that were written in the United States, that a lot of the research ongoing was in Japan. So I figured, let me, you know, go fly to Japan and um, meet with the doctors and scientists and find out what what is the secret. And um, I think one of the most disappointing things as I went there with these great expectations that they, you know, it was the Holy Grail. They were going to give me the recipe and I'd be on my way. Mm -hmm. But I got there and found out that they were basically bubbling the hydrogen in a just-in-time situation. It turned out that the packages that, that were being used presently did not hold the hydrogen in and were outgassing very quickly. And I came back to the United States so dismayed. I said, oh, my God, now what do I do? Because I got to start from zero. Isn't that part of being an entrepreneur? Like you keep your highs, you got to keep your highs lower and your lows higher and operate in some kind of different emotional band than, we, than we're used to. But Pete, this was a big low for me. Okay, okay. So, you know, literally I, I had to sit down, you know, uh, pen and paper and say, okay, what are the things that I know that I can count on? So I started to do some research and uh, discovered in Germany there was this really Star Warian type of technology. And, um, and I thought, well, the principles are the same. They're not using hydrogen, but perhaps, you know, this will work. And reached out to the owner of the company. And he said, well, you can't bring it to, it's not in the United States. So I ended up, I set up a lab in Germany. This is, this was, this business has had me all over the world. So, you know, to entrepreneurs out there, I think the, 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 the common denominator here is expect the unexpected mm -hmm. because I didn't think that all of these steps were going to come into play. I figured I'd go get the recipe come up with a package, easy, let's go. And it was none of that. I, lo so. I love looking at a product and saying like, okay, how did someone get here? <laughs> you know, like here I am drinking some H-Factor watermelon and I didn't know it took you to go to Japan and, and Germany to figure out how to get this onto, you know, my, my table here. Yes. So it, most, it, mo most products are like that. We just don't know the story behind it. Right. And <laughs> I think, you know, that's what's so exciting, you know, to have a chance to really learn like what, what is, you know, the etymology of, you know, putting a product like this on a shelf. And, um, you know, it seems rather simple, but it really, it really isn't. And it costs a lot of money, much, much more than I ever expected. Mm -hmm. So when, once you got uh, back from Germany and uh, now you're, now you're probably the most educated person on, on hydrogen water, you know, in the, uh, in the continental United States, um, you know, where, where did you go from there? Well, so what I didn't tell you is that Germany turned out to be a complete failure. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah. after I set up... But I still have my hydrogen water So after I set up this lab and brought everybody in and brought experts, and I even brought Barry the basketball player with me for moral support, and uh, everything was great. I mean, it looked like this was it. You know, we, we finally figured out the solution. But what happened is in the process, it created so much heat. And heat is like kryptonite to hydrogen. Mm. That was a no-no. So it's all this wonderful hydrogen that we had was destroyed. So came back to the United States and said, oh, my God, here we go again. I got to start from scratch. 
And uh, literally, I went out, you're going to laugh, I bought two beer kegs, and I bought a cement mixer from Home Depot, and um, and then started out with basics. I, I found a wonderful engineer who's been with me ever since, and between us, we figured out how to scale it up. And how, we, Hold on. How, how is a cron- concrete mixer involved in this experiment? Well... Obviously, I had to try to mix the products. It's kind of like mixing oil and vinegar. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was one of the many, many steps that I needed to take to figure out how to put these solutions together in such a way. And you're in where at this point? Your garage, your kitchen? Garage, yeah. Garage, okay, (laughs) great, great. Sounds like a good safety uh, place for your experiments. Well, it went from from the garage to the (laughs) kitchen. No, it just depended where I I was working out of. But uh, we figured out how to, to do the process. And um, but there was a lot of, you know, trial and error, much more error. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we figured it out. So just to, you know, take a moment for our entrepreneurs here that under, you know, need to maybe understand that, uh, you know, an overnight success typically is not 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 what happens when companies are are started. We uh, we did a podcast last year with the CEO of uh, ABC Financial, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I said, "How's your company?" He's like, "We're a 38 year overnight success," you know. And it was like hand to hand combat. It was hand, you know, every club getting up on their in their system. And you know, you build a business, and you know, when you were going through this process, what was going through your mind from either a paranoia maybe of like, Hey, I'm not going to make this work or like, Hey, I'm going to be patient. Or did you have someone like a support group or friends that you call and say, look, I'm, I'm onto something. I'm not giving up yet. Cause you're doing an experiment at some point, the experiment might turn, might not turn out what you want it to be. So how did, how did you go through that process? Cause I think the one thing that we don't have is we don't have like entrepreneur therapy. Maybe yeah, we should. They should. That's a great idea. <laughs> right, we'll start it tomorrow. Business. Let's do there it. There we go. Halo talks, <laughs> entrepreneur therapy class, closed door. Well, you know, it's, um, I guess a little bit is uh, tunnel vision. I mean, there's just so many things rolled into one. I mean, you have to have guts. You have to have tenacity. You know, word that everyone's using, grit. I mean, all of these things rolled in. You have to have some money behind you because Mm -hmm. obviously all these iterations, you know, require so much uh, cash. But um, you just have to have faith in yourself. And Mm -hmm. You know, everyone says, oh, you know, you got to have passion. Yes, you have to have passion, but you also have to look at things realistically because passion will only get you so far. And it's like building a house. You have to have a strong foundation. So for me, I took a leap of faith because, you know, I was, you have to get all your legal in order from patents and, and all of these things. And, and even before you know if the product is efficacious, you have to get all of this housekeeping in order. Mm-hmm. And a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, jump the gun, they get into it, then they find out, you know, that they've come up with a product and, you know, they're, they're late in the game because they didn't take the necessary steps to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think I wish I listened more to my gut, you know, as my intuition, um, but obviously I got a lot of feedback. I have some wonderful friends and mentors that are out there, you know, and everyone, of course, gives the opinion. But at the end of the day, 
you have to go with what you believe is is the best. You kind it's it's a melting pot. You take everybody's input, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, you're the one that has to make the decisions and sleep or not sleep at night, and um, and then go with it. So you got to that point. You've got a product now that that was commercialized. You know, it, it sounds like you, it was you and your your engineer, and we met several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the the products. Um, you know, evolved as well as your team. So talk about when you said, okay, now I'm ready. I feel confident that I know what I'm doing and I got a product that, that mechanically or, you know, scientifically works. Um, what was the next step from there? I'm just, I decide, come back a little bit. I'm just yeah. laughing right now because when I first met you, I had a different package than yeah, this. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so we, because we hadn't, you know, we wanted to perfect that the, um, that this particular system where it would be easy, just turn the cap and drink right out of the pouch, you know, was, uh, was working and, and maintain the integrity of the hydrogen. And when we first met, we had that rip and sip and it was, the straw was attached to the back. Yeah, it was like a Capri Sun. (laughs) After it was Capri Sun, then it was like a Vita Coco water or something. Now we're now we're now we're on to like the real deal. This is like Tetra Pak 3.0 here or something. Exactly, exactly. So um, you know, when we finally perfected this package, and this is what we launched May of 2017, it really was an instant success because. People found that it was, they loved holding it with the hourglass shape. It was easy to use. You had the cap. And, um, and so we were, we were on a roll at that point. So I know uh, Chris Sanborn, who's a, a good friend of mine for several years. Um, and, you know, he, I know his background. Maybe give his background and how he ended up you know, aligning and, and working with you because I think that's a great hire. Yeah, Chris is is an amazing guy, and H Factor is just really lucky to have him on our team. And uh, he came to us. Well, there's a lot of synchronicities of how we we were almost like destined to meet for so many different things and connections that we had. And he was an advisor for a while. He's got a tremendous background, both in um, investment, but also in production and international uh, production and logistics. And he advised for me for a while. And then finally, he was just so taken by the company that uh, made him an offer to come and join us full time. And he's been with us ever since. And it's been an amazing addition to the company. And and just for... um for our listeners, do you want to give a little bit of his background and, and how his background, you know, helped you leverage your ability to now focus on the marketing and, and the branding and some of the things that you're great at and, and have him on the, the back end, well, not say the back end, but basically figuring out the distribution and mm-hmm. uh, experience related to that? Yeah, well, so a lot of people don't know, but that Chris was in uh, Navy Special Ops. So he's very, you know, military, very organized, which is great for a company because companies need discipline. And uh, and then after that, he held many different wonderful positions. But one of the things that was very beneficial for us was his experience with Domino's. And he was involved with international distribution, distribution and logistics, which was great for a company like ours to be able to have that operational side and somebody to have that type of experience. And, um, and then, of course, he migrated into family um, 
investing. So he had he brought with him that side of it, and he his Rolodex is second to none. I mean, he just know, and he's such a friendly guy, so he knows a lot of people. And so I think it's the uh, melding of all of those experiences just made him such a a, a great asset to the company. That's great. So. Um when you started out, you were funding all, all the initial experiments. So, whether it's f- friends and family, or should we call it friends, family, or 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 personal uh, checking account, um, you know, and then you you brought in some some uh, some capital. Yes. Uh, and, then, and now you're you're on to uh, the next growth uh, round. Is is what I understand. Yes. So uh, the first couple of years, I funded the company myself because I didn't want to put any of my friends and family at risk until I knew that the product, you know, delivered on what it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And um, and then once I, I started, you know, passing it out to my friends and family and they were I didn't want to say what it did or what the potential of what it could do. I just handed it to them. And then one by one, they were coming back and saying, you know, that they were telling me all the different things that they were feeling and benefiting out of drinking the water. And they got really excited. So um, because I had two successful previous companies, um, it wasn't that difficult to get some of the friends and family hopped up to this new venture. And, um, and then that was great. But, you know, the beverage business is an expensive business to get into. So, you know, you, it's just a, a, a constant a ro- a revolving door of yes, raising capital. Money. Yes, you know, exactly. as you grow, I think some of the people think that um, oh, I'm just going to increase my revenue and, and everything will work out. And then you realize that your distribution points have, you know, 60 or 90 day payment terms and your suppliers are not, you know, they don't have 60, they don't have 60 or 90 days. <laughs> they want to get paid like the day before they ship. So you got that, that 90 day working capital that always is increasing. Um, and you see a lot of companies in the food and beverage space um, needing to take on additional rounds of capital or needing to find a, um, a, a, a revolving line of credit to basically fund the working capital. So I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, how much you got to focus on inventory. And this inventory isn't um, inventory that's as easily collateralized as in some industries. So if you've uh, we, we worked with a, a manufacturer of, um, of tiles, like, and they had a lot of commercial buyers, and it was very generic. So they could get 70, 80 cents on the dollar for everything that they purchased. And in this industry, you know, if, if you're a debt provider and you're trying to finance beverages, you know, you're basically taking a bet on the brand and the, and the, and the flow through of that to retailers. So you can't take as much risk. So that's typically why most of these companies are funded by equity mm-hmm. because the, the margins are high, but there's also risk of, of, you know, where that brand is and what their shelf space is. So, so what, what's the size of the round that's going to be available and we can, uh, we'll, we'll plan on sending this out to our, uh, this podcast link and a couple of, uh, age factor packets to our, uh, to our network when you're ready. Sounds great. So, um, you know, I just want to jump back on, on something that you said. And, I, and you know, of course, this is um, something I learned and, ha- you know, happy to pass to other entrepreneurs, especially in the food and beverage space. There's so many moving parts, and it's not just about going out, designing a package, taking a product, going to a co-packer and fill, which, by the way, we're not, you know, we don't traditionally go to a, 
uh, co-pack or make an appointment and fill. We're kind of a hybrid operation because we built our own equipment. But um, the involvement of getting into the stores and what it takes to get into the stores and slotting fees. And then, you know, you worry about, oh, my God, am I going to, you know, get into Sprouts? And then you get into Sprouts, as an example. And then you have to worry about the merchandising when it's on the shelf. Is it going to be replenished in time? And then you have to have a, a team of an army to go out there to all the different stores to make sure that your product is properly placed. And there's just so many different moving parts that to do it. So even if you get a store, you can't sit back and say, oh, great, you know, pat myself on the back. I got into this, you know, wonderful chain of stores. The work just begins. Right. And then, of course, it's the advertising and the marketing. And when you add on all these layers, it really becomes, you know, intense. So in, in closing here, how do you balance the complexity of what you've got yourself into with the happiness and joy and, 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 uh, achievement, you know, that, that you say, Hey, I've got this awesome product. We're making people healthier. We're solving problems. Um, you know, everything related to athletic performance, uh, inflammation, um, antioxidants. And at the same time, you're like, all right, that's awesome. I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to tell you how great, great it is. Now let me go back to actually like trying to figure out how to make this thing work and the wheels don't <laughs> fall off. Right. right exactly. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I think, you know, you have to wake up every morning and be your cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. I, I get up every morning. I'm excited. I'm excited to, you know, to get into work and, and uh, look at all the opportunities out there. And yes, you're going to have a lot of setbacks and you have to be prepared and you have to be thick skinned for it. But if you believe in the product, and in our case, we have, I mean, just thousands of people that send us every day letters and testimonials. I mean, the cutest thing we get, you know, kids that are soccer teams and mm -hmm. they hold up these giant trophies that are bigger than they are. And then in their other hand, they're holding H factor and thanking us for it. Or, you know, this one young soccer player is 10 years old and he just had a video that went viral and it was, I don't know if you saw it, but he was kicking a soccer ball and he had an H factor on top and then the H factor landed straight up. And oh, okay. yeah, was, nice. so I think there was like 2 million views, but wow. when you see all of these things and, and then of course, you know, the celebrities from, you know, uh, famous, you know, celebrities, uh, actors, actresses, but as well as celebrity athletes. These are the things that fuel you and keep you going and that you know that you're in the right direction and you just got to stay the course and just re keep reinventing and stay fresh and not just, you know, sit back and be complacent. Well, it's great. So congrats on the uh, on the success to date. Thank you for taking those trips to Japan and Germany and <laughs> the trials and tribulations and, uh, you know, making sure you didn't get taken over by OSHA with your garage. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, you know, I, I think the takeaway here is that, um, you know, if you have a product that provides results, you know, there's a place in this market and you've got to be patient for to, to make sure to figure out how to get to the product. But also once you get the product, how are you going to build a team to make sure it gets out there and also know that you have to have patience along the way to, to build a really big company? Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on. Look forward to you uh, checking in and uh, we see how many hydrogen waters I can take down during this uh, day of podcasting. So thank <laughs> you for my supply. Thanks, Pete. All right, great. Bye-bye.